Hello, everyone. I'm Pam Carroll. Welcome to this episode of Employment Matters. Employment Matters is a podcast series brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest and most prestigious network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms in the world. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Carolina Camacho from Posse Herrera Reese in Colombia, Enrique Redmilovich from Hughes and Hughes in Uruguay, and David Gutierrez from BLP in Costa Rica. Thank you all for joining me this morning. Thank you, Bob. Thank, Thank you. For the invitation. you. A pleasure. With all this expertise surrounding me around the table, <laughs> so happy to get you together to impart some real important information to your clients, potential clients, employers in the regions that need to know about changes in employment law for the upcoming year so they can be not only in compliance, but have the confidence of knowing that it will be all good for the employees, retention, and business growth as well. Carolina, tell me a little bit about what's going on in Colombia. Well, there has been no major reform in Colombia, but there has been introduced uh, some pieces of legislation of some very specific topics. One of them is related to trainee programs. There has been issued a piece of legislation that talks about the possibility for students to perform their practice semester in companies, and that will be considered as experience for finding jobs in the public sector. And it also states certain obligations related to social security when you have trainees in your company. There has been also a very specific piece of legislation regarding breastfeeding rooms for women at the workplace. So companies have to create an environment where women can extract milk uh, when they are breastfeeding. And there has been also a piece of legislation introduced related to safe and work programs for small size and medium sized companies. So there has been some changes this year, but there is also a big discussion if we need in the country a labor reform or not. The government is uh, presenting that possibility of introducing a labor reform. This is a very complicated year because there are elections in the Congress in Colombia. So there's lots of politics around it. We believe that we need a labor reform. What's driving that? Basically, we need to have flexible working schedules and the possibility of hiring people per hour, not per day in Colombia, like in the U.S., that you can hire someone and pay just for the number of hours that person work. And we need to regulate all that issues related to the platforms, like Cabify, Uber, Rappi, and all that. There's like a gray zone around it, uh, the risk of a misclassification of contractors when they are involved in those platforms. So there's a lot of discussions if it is welcome or not a labor reform to address those topics. I believe that this year we will not have a labor reform because we are almost in the last quarter and it's an election year. But I believe that next year it's very likely that we will have a labor reform in Colombia. So with the impending election, are there any candidates that would have on their agenda or their platform that they're they're hinting at labor reforms? Well, the issue is that before elections, 
it's very difficult because labor topics are move the votes, you know. If someone is uh, approving a reform where flexibility is given to employers that doesn't give votes to politics, uh, so it's very unlikely that the congressmen that are already elected approve anything if they want to be reelected for another term. So basically next year, the government will prepare a piece of legislation to be introduced to the Congress. But there's another topic is that we need in Colombia a pension reform. And we don't know if the government at this point will push the labor reform or the pension reform. But we need some piece of legislation regarding all these a app economy, we call it that way in Colombia, related to the use of platforms. So there's a lot of pressure because until now they are not regulated. There are not labor standards for them hiring people or working under the platforms regarding the price they have to pay and social security contributions and, you know, labor rights. So sometimes with the introduction of regulations, it just helps, you know, meet people's expectations or they understand what's being asked of them when it's not regulated and work is being done in different ways now, given apps or flex working folks with, you know, Ubers and different contractual. I'm sure that that's the kind of thing that doesn't know any boundaries. Uh, you know, for instance, in uh, Costa Rica, do you see similar things like that, David? Absolutely. And I would like to mention a couple of very recent laws that have been enacted by our Congress. One is a work from home law is basically a law that will be seeking to increase employment in remote areas of a country, as you can imagine now, without having to be physically present in the in the place of work, then a lot more people will be able to be retained by companies outside of the major cities in the country. And then it is also a promoting work-life balance because it's providing something that also Carolina mentioned is the case in Colombia, a flexibility in uh, work shifts, which we didn't have before. So now you can work in different hours during the day remotely. So you have a lot more work-life balance for sure, because you're going to be able to be, you know, in certain times of the day with your family, with your children at home. Believe it or not, this is a another advantage of these laws is that it will reduce hopefully traffic jams because it's really a situation that we have all around the country. And in most cases, it's it's related to people moving from their homes to their workplaces. The second piece of legislation which was enacted is what's called the dual education law. This is very important because it's combining academics with practical training. It's a model which has been mainly imported from Germany in which students attending technical universities will have the opportunity to work during certain periods of time with certain companies. So they will not only learn through practice, which is very important, especially in Latin America where we focus very much on academics, but also will allow them to have some sort of contractual relationship or, or relationship with a company after they graduate. That's a, where my mind was going as you were saying that. I was thinking, what a beautiful thing to set up early on. Absolutely. So it's, it makes a lot of sense in terms of reducing unemployment, establishing those connections early in your academic career, and also get lots of practical training in the field. 
In terms of hot topics, Carolina mentioned something in Colombia that's happening in, in Costa Rica as well. I would like to mention three. One is the gig economy, certainly the Ubers, the you know, the food delivery companies, et cetera. That's, that's something that pay attention to. We don't have any new laws regarding that, but it's clearly a hot topic that will need to be solved and regulated soon, especially considering what's happening in the U.S., the California, Europe, et cetera. Second is a pension reform. We have a situation where we have very different pension systems in the country, some of them unfair in terms of people getting more money than they should in terms of what they have contributed to the system. And then the final thing is we're seeing more and more self-regulation for companies in terms of sustainability, in terms of breastfeeding rooms, diversity, inclusion. So we see companies, not only multinational companies, but also local companies being a lot more attracted to the concept of providing better conditions for the employees, triple bottom line, human rights and business. So we, we see a lot more concern than, than before in terms of attracting talent through very good labor conditions in the companies. Do you think it's the uh, younger workforce that's asking for this or their expectation is that as they enter the workforce, this is what work life should be? Absolutely. I think it's related to the younger generations and uh, the and also to a certain extent to globalization of the economies and, and learning what's you know what are the best practices in certain parts of the world i find it very interesting as you open that to say that your you know your work training model was modeled after germany not too long ago you wouldn't have you know imagined that costa rica would be echoing germany <laughs> you know i i think it's wonderful to the globalization i i know it's happening more rapidly but it's a good thing Absolutely. And, cl and clearly one of the key advantages of foreign investment is that you get the opportunity to learn from the best. So that's part of not only the dual education law, but also, you know, the, the principle of the principles of sustainability and the concern with the community, the concern with the environment and the concern with your workforce. I mean, you have to provide. And this is, again, something of the company's own initiative is not that you have to have a breastfeeding room in, in a company or it's not that you have to have a, a continuing and legal education in your law firm. But clearly, if you provide those benefits, if you provide scholarships for your employees, clearly you're going to get a lot more talent, uh, attraction and retention than the competition. And I think that, you know, talent, attracting good talent, retaining your talent is, uh, again, something that's of interest of um, around the world, regardless of where your geographic boundaries are. Enrique, is that what you're finding in your... Neck of the woods, as we like to say. Well, unfortunately, uh, we did not advance a lot with all the issues that uh, David was explaining to us. It's something that in Uruguay should happen in the near future because now we are facing a race of the unemployment. So we should go to a model that brings more flexibility, more opportunities, especially for the young people to get inside the, the labor market. Uruguay for the last 15 years has been governed by a left-wing party. That has brought a lot of changes, especially in what has to do with many, many rights have been granted for the employees. It was not against the, all those rights did not were against the flexibility of the of the employers in order to uh, hire or dismiss uh, employees. But it's more like, for example, all the rural workers, they are entitled now to have a, a limited working day hours, it's eight hours at the rest of the of the employees. So, for example, they are entitled to overtime. 
that never happened in Uruguay before. But mainly the, the problem now is we are facing a, a general elections in two in two weeks, and nobody talks much, neither the the government party, neither the opposition, regarding uh, new labor laws. What we know, and that is something certain, that if the opposition parties win the elections, there will be some changes in what has to do with the right that the unions have now to occupy the workplaces or made pickets in the entrance of the workplaces as a collective measure. Uh, the opposition has announced that that right will be eliminated, so the unions will not have so much power in order to pressure employers and give what they are demanding. That's the main issue we are we're discussing today in our country. Uh, the opposition parties, from the individual standpoint of view, they are not announcing that they will eliminate any right. But as I repeat, from the union, the collective standpoint of view, some changes will be done. And that will be, I believe, it will be good for a better business environment in our country. Because despite Uruguay has received in these last 15 years a record of foreign investment in our country, we believe that those issues, those collective issues, have limited the possibility to receive more and more foreign investment. So if, if that laws are changed, then I believe Uruguay will be uh, getting through a path of growth again that unfortunately in these last two years has lost. Given that set of circumstances and the possibility of things coming down the road, what are you advising your clients? Or if you learned of a company that was considering making that investment? Well, companies, they know the environment. They know what they're facing. And at the end of the day, they know that uh, from a collective standpoint of view, things will not get worse than they are actually now, than currently now. So... As I said, we have been receiving a lot of foreign investment. Currently, for example, the biggest foreign investment in our country has been approved by a foreign company. They will be making an investment of $3 billion. They will be constructing a pulp mill in Uruguay and a Finnish, from Finland, a Finnish company. And from that point of view, I believe that companies may to our country to, to continue doing their business. And I am optimistic. I, I believe that there is a big chance that the opposition parties win the elections this time. And in that case, the business environment will be getting much better than it is today. That's really encouraging. And uh, before we close out today, uh, anybody want to offer, uh, you know, those three takeaways, two takeaways that, you know, our listeners listening in want to know of any closing remarks given what Enrique said or Carolina? Well, takeaways from a Colombian perspective will be like you need to be watching because changes are coming. We do not have major changes now, but we expect to have them in short term. That will be the takeaway from the Colombian side. Takeaway from the Costa Rican side, I would say a couple we have... Unfortunately, historic unemployment rate right now. 
maybe it is a little bit the new normal in terms of, of unemployment after the crisis, the global crisis. We used to be 4 or 5% unemployment historically. Now we're at 12%. Uh, and probably it's going to be, remain a lot higher than, than it used to be for so many years. So one thing is automatization in the, in the different uh, segments of production of companies. Uh, so we need to be aware of that, pay attention to that. And second, we also need to learn from best practices around the world and become a lot more promoters of sustainability and well-being uh, for the employees in the workforce. Yes, in Uruguay, as a takeaway, uh, we should um, face a future and start working in more flexibility during the labor relationship. Uh, Uruguay, I believe, has, has certain advantages um, in respect with the other countries of the region. For example, an employee should not be dismissed by cost. We don't need to invoke any cost to dismiss someone. That's an asset we have. I believe it's, it's an advantage. But on the other hand, it's a, it's a little bit rigid in all what has to do with the benefits and uh, the impossibility for the employers to take away certain benefits if, for example, the business is not going very well. So we have to try to make focus in that, in the flexibility, because that's where the employment market will give or not the possibility to, to descend the, the unemployment rate. I want to thank everybody as we're wrapping up here. I think we've imparted a great deal of value for our listeners listening in. If they're in need of additional information on the Latin American region and what's taking place, they can visit ela.law. I want to thank our listeners for tuning into this episode of Employment Matters. And on the behalf of the ELA, I'm Pam Carroll. Have a great day.